think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when it came on? Oh, you huge. And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the Box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to Alex Pye for the epic morning of Sydney Music and Culture News. If you missed anything she played, you can head to fbiradio.com to catch up on mornings or any other program here at FBI Radio. Now, today I'm joined by someone who's made it their life to campaign for social equality. She's been instrumental in the drive for the Yes Vote and basically works every day trying to make the lives of some of our most vulnerable communities, whether it be refugees, those living below the poverty line, those in the LGBTQIA plus community or anyone really that is disadvantaged, just to make their life a little bit better. She is, of course, Get Up campaigner Sally Rugg. Sally, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> Mate, I think you are appreciated. Trust me, you are. Thank you. <laughs> now, look, uh, most people would know you from the Yes campaign, obviously, for Get Up. And, you know, it's been a pretty crazy time on that level. But stripping things back a bit, I mean, mm. who actually is Sally Rugg? Where are you from? What was your childhood <laughs> like? Tell us about you. Um, well, Sally Rugg was born in Perth. Um, in 1988. Nice, <laughs> I'm really nice. old. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up in Perth. I was a quite serious child, I think. I think I've always just been this exact person. Like I remember my mum when from a very young age um, used to say, like if I would kick off about something, she'd say to me, Sally, you are not the... Uh, I would say to her you are not the boss of me, to my mum. And she would be like, uh-huh. uh, yes, I am. So, yeah, I think from a very young age, I was very determined, um, didn't like being told what to do, uh, was quite serious about things. Um, yeah, so that was me as a kid. And, I mean, look, you and your coming out story, it's something that I want to talk to you about because coming out stories are never the same for anyone. They're all different. And for you, you have said that you didn't properly come to terms with your sexuality until you were about 20. Well, I didn't realise I was gay. Like, in hindsight, I was definitely gay. <laughs> like, I was smooching a lot of women. Um, but, yeah, I honestly didn't... I just, like, I just didn't think that that was me. I, it's, so what it's, did you think you were then in that point in time? Like, run us through that. I, like, it's very difficult for me to understand myself. I think I just hadn't given it too much thought, I suppose. Um, you know, I did a, uh, an arts degree for my undergrad and, every, you know, everybody was having sex with everybody, you mm-hmm. know. Like, it, I never really felt like I had to sort of examine anything really. But then the, when I realised that I was gay, it was like this penny drop moment where I remember I was driving my car and all of a sudden I was like, Oh shit! It was it was like everything <laughs> fell into place, and I suddenly realised who I was. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, in that moment, it felt like um, discovering I had cancer. Like, really? Yeah, it was. So it wasn't like it was. It was like it was almost traumatic in a way. It was really scary. Like I, so I was yeah nineteen twenty, and I remember thinking that all of a sudden there was something inside of me and I couldn't change it and I didn't choose it um, and it wasn't going away. And I remember just thinking that nothing in my life would ever be the same. I wouldn't be able to navigate the world uh, as a neutral person because I was gay now. And 
I remember thinking that, um, you know, my friends and my family would be so disgusted at me and would totally reject me um, and that I would never be able to get a job and, you know, all these crazy thoughts. It's just, Natural thoughts, really. Yeah, but I mean, things. of course my friends and family were like Sally, um, <laughs> and have managed to get uh, the best job in the world, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was really terrifying for that first um, sort of couple of hours, and then I felt fine. And but, so um, yeah, how did you go about, I guess, like coming to terms with that after that initial kind of, I guess, yeah, reality? Um, I think I just became more comfortable. Like the the fear was that it was so foreign, and it was like having this sort of like foreign part of yourself inside yourself was frightening. Mm. Um, But yeah, like very quickly I was, um, you know, smooching even more women and uh, meeting more (laughs) gay people and was just like, oh, this is the best. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was all fine. But I mean, that's a big part um, of the reason I do the work I do today, um, campaigning and sort of volunteering with LGBTI young kids because um, like being queer is not like having cancer. It's not. And Mm. I don't want any young person when they're discovering who they are and who they're going to love one day to feel like they're not welcome in this country or that the future will be hostile towards them. I want to smash that to pieces. And I, I truly think that achieving marriage equality will be a little step towards that. And do you think that there, like, just overall are enough support networks out there beyond, you know, the basic ones that we know now exist? Like, do you think there needs to be more? What do you think needs to be put in place to make it easier for people coming out? Yeah, it's an interesting question because there are a lot of services available, but a lot of them are quite underfunded, um, particularly in sort of regional and remote places. It's, you know, the support is only available online and that's all not always super accessible, um, I think there definitely could be greater education for kids in high school about LGBTI stuff. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more that could be done. What are we What are we doing in that regard? Like, obviously, we've had safe schools knocked on the head. Like, is there is GetUp doing any campaigning to try and change that? Well, I mean. Safe schools hasn't been knocked on the head, really. I mean, we have more schools signed up to safe schools than we have ever done before. It's it's alive and kicking. But also, safe schools is not uh, LGBTI education. It's like an anti-bullying. Uh, but like, just in terms of making things easier for people who are going through any of these sort of experiences, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be good to see LGBTI. Um, sort of information in perhaps in the part of the curriculum that deals with sex ed, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I it's I think there's a lot more to be done, and safe schools is is separate. Okay, well, why do you think that? Like, I guess, like in the media, then it's been portrayed in this way as being like it, the safe schools, like not not existing, is like a big loss for the LGBT community. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. Like, I think the safe schools program is uh, in, like vital and really great, and I think every school should be a member of the safe schools coalition, but. Uh, they it, like the reason why we're not really talking about it at the moment is because it's got nothing to do with marriage equality. It's a yeah, separate okay. issue. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for get up in particular, that is mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally fair enough. Now look, moving on to the music, I'm actually looking forward to your choice today. I can imagine we've got some crackers in here, and the first song you've brought in is Young Valis Alps. I mean, what does this song mean for you? Um, well, I love it because it's. 
beautiful. I really love the beat. I love the lyrics in this song. Um, I often put it on when I'm writing because it just kind of trickles oh, yeah. away in the background. But the lyric that always stands out to me is when she says, time forever favours the young. Um, and it, whenever I listen to this song, in that moment, I kind of reflect on my childhood and my younger years and how old I am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. 
You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus, and my guest here today is Sally Rugg. She's a vocal, loud, and leading voice in the Yes campaign for marriage equality and a humanitarian who works for Get Up. Now, uh, look, you've received a decent amount of online harassment. Um, you know, people who claim to be able to save you, people who, you know, probably just generally are just angry at you for trying to push, you know, what is a necessary, necessary thing. I mean, what has your experience been in that regard? Sure. I mean, uh, during the postal survey in particular, um, you know, being someone who is a, a face of the campaign, as much as I hate that sort of term, but some, like, you know, yeah. doing work that has public facing components to it um, and putting my name to a bunch of this work, um, I have received an extraordinary amount of uh, abuse in my uh, online inboxes and also sometimes my Gmail, but mostly on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and yeah, it's been really awful and um, quite uh, consistent. Like it's it's petering out a little bit now, mm. but um, for for weeks I was getting you know a message an hour or something. It was really full a on. Message an hour. Yeah, but wow. um, what kind of things are people saying? Without uh, trying to bring out too much, like, yeah, like I don't, you know? like I don't want. Re- I mean, I, I'm not going to repeat specifics, but a lot of um, sort of like weird misappropriation of Bible verses, <laughs> um, lots of uh, sort of you know, burn in hell, um, lots of threats of rape, uh, instructions to kill myself. You know, it's like really nasty stuff. Interestingly, a lot of stuff about. Um, you know, like some man has hurt you, like you, like you're obviously got dumped by your boyfriend, or what did oh, your so father do? So it's almost like they're you? insinuating that you're being spiteful, like yeah, or like, like I hate men, or that's something. Weird. I don't know. It was all, you know, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, like that stuff is. I mean, it makes me sad because I look at it and it's a. You know, I'm a, a very naively optimistic person, so when I see those messages, I mostly just feel sad that um, that sort of hatred exists and that people feel compelled to send it to someone it it doesn't upset me that much but you know what what does upset me um was you know receiving a survey on my worth as a person in this country in the letterbox um and asking me to vote on whether i should be able to get married like i think Mm. that the greatest um piece of abuse um, the greatest act of violence uh, through this whole postal survey has been the survey itself. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's something we definitely want to talk about more as we go further into this chat. But, I mean, like, I guess, like, something that also comes up I, in this 
you know this issue and this debate is that often I think um, it falls on the queer community or any kind of group who's experienced prejudice to kind of coach people through, you know, them saying the wrong thing or like, you know, telling them that they need to kind of do it in a particular way or that that hurts. I mean, do you ever feel like there'll be a time where people who experience prejudice won't have to, um, you know, coach people through being bloody prejudiced? (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, the the definition of privilege is expecting uh, a marginalised person to educate them, educate you on their oppression. Um, so, yeah, I, I do hope there'll be a time when uh, minorities won't have to do that work. And, I mean, like, in, in terms of, like, those hopes, like, how do you think that's going to be driven going into the future? Like, do you, do you feel confident in Australia's young people? Because I know there's been a lot of conjecture over how many young people actually signed up for the plebiscite for example and how many of them actually voted like i mean like i personally have a lot of confidence in in young australians being able to help push these things forward but like do you what's your experience on absolutely the i mean like signing up to like enrolling to vote and posting a letter is tricky but it's something like 65 percent of uh, young people did it which i think is amazing um yeah millennials are the best like they care about social justice and they're hugely empathetic and they're politically engaged um, and they have really positive attitudes towards LGBTI people. Um, I can't wait for uh, millennials to grow up and run the country. It'll be interesting to see where it goes in the next couple of generations, that's for sure. Now look, uh, the next song you brought on today, MOB by TK Meisner. Why did you choose this one? So MOB stands for Money Over Bitches. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And as a like sort of like socialist lesbian, that's not really where <laughs> what I f- like feel. But the way I interpret <laughs> the way I interpret money over bitches, it me to me means like purpose over distraction. And so I chose this song after we talked about um, abuse, I suppose, and mm-hmm. getting uh, you know inboxes filled up with criticism during the postal survey because. Um, you know, I try not to get distracted by bitches. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and focus on a goal. And uh, TK is incredible. She's, I uh, was born in Zimbabwe, grew up in Adelaide and Perth. She's 21. And um, this song is a total banger. I love it. Oh, yeah, she's a boss. <laughs> So, you think it's shining once we in my zone All of the sudden's when I get the blow Investing in sins that I cost me less penny Cause I know a devil will give me much more They think they're shining, they're telling me no They think they're shining, I'm telling them so I get to believe it until they let me down They're right in a pop that I never will go Over the change, people go up but I'm over the line Getting ahead on that soul for the mean Getting ahead on that cash I remain Up, stepping on ads cause they smart and they follow I will find my never mind in the shallow Don't even up with them, I get on the narrow Don't fit on this one cause I live on the callow
listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is a vocal, loud and leading voice in the Yes campaign. She's, of course, Sally Rugg from Get Up. Now, look, you also volunteer with the uh, Gay and Lesbian Counselling Service 2010. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that service? Sure. So I am not a counsellor. Okay. Um, you'll be surprised Don't. to hear. <laughs> um, so I volunteer um, with their... They have, like, uh, programs for young people um, after school and on the weekends, and I volunteer there usually about once a month, but during the postal survey, it's been slightly less. less. (laughs) Sorry, 2010. Um, And it's just a really great uh, service. So the the volunteer work I do there with a bunch of other people um, is just going in to spend time with uh, young people who come into a drop-in centre and we play games and we have, you know, there's just like social support. Um, We'll have something to eat and sometimes we'll go on an excursion. Like one of my favourite times um, on a 2010 shift was we drove out to the coast, um, like kind of near Bondi, I think, Um, and we were trying to look out for whales. And I think there was about 10 of us, maybe 12 of us, um, and we were standing out on the rocks looking out over the ocean um, with a bunch of young people. And then one of these kids just turns to us and goes, hey, um, does anybody know Nicki Minaj's rap on Super Bass? And we were all like, yes. <laughs> and so then like me and this other volunteer and a bunch of awesome queer teenagers rapped Nicki Minaj's uh, like verse in Super Bass while looking out over the ocean. It was the best day of my life. That's so good. And I mean, what do you think the importance of a service like that is in this day and age? Like we've been talking a little bit about it. Like do, do we need more? Does this kind of service need more funding? Where are we Absolutely. up with it? Absolutely. Uh, like if you have if you have cast a yes vote for marriage equality, I urge you to consider chipping in to donate to 2010. They're desperate for funding um, and they do such good work. Um, 
but cer- certainly all services like this are heaving under the um, demand for their services, particularly during the postal survey. Um, Drummond Street, which is a service in Melbourne, they demand they reported that like demand for um, their support like multiplied almost beyond their scope um, during the plebiscite. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the, there's things like Lifeline had to create a new. Um, sort of category on the internal computer system to log people calling about the postal survey. So, wow. yeah, it really has been taking its toll and um, supporting services like that is so important. Well, check it out. 2010, it's definitely a vital service. So if you want to do any donating anytime soon, go do that. Now, look, uh, the next song you brought on, Boom by Leaf. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing queer artist. Yeah. I mean, that's why I chose Leaf. Um, I actually met him. I was super stoked about it right here once. And no I was like, way. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I saw Leaf live um, at Oxford Art Factory actually a couple of years ago. Maybe it was about the same time he came Probably. in here. <laughs> um, and it was such a good gig. And this is just such a great song. Whenever I want to start a dance floor, this is the song I put on. Um, support queer rappers, they're the best. Jiggy, gully, puff, puff, pass, smoke real slow, drive real fast. You know how we do. Make a more say ooh, like boom, atomic bomb come through. I'm the elephant in the room. Yeah, you know how we do. When we come through, make a more say ooh. Welcome to Busy Burger. I cannot take your order. New world order. LGBT cuties all over the world. A diamonds and pearls. Black sheep, black sheep, sexy ass brown. Skin color Pepsi. Don't cook whiskey. Team cocoa butter, baby. I feel sexy. Body long time now. Body one century.
Yeah, you know how we do When we come through, make them all say You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest here today is Sally Rugg. She is the marriage equality campaigner for Get Up. Now, uh, look, Get Up. A lot of people kind of know what it is, but I don't think everyone knows exactly what it does and what it is. Can you can you enlighten us a little bit to Get Up and what it actually is supposed to be? Sure. So we are a movement of about one million Australians, um, and we. Uh, take organised action on issues that we care about. So um, the big sort of issue areas that our members care about and that we work on are um, human rights, so refugees, marriage equality, gender stuff, domestic violence, Um, economic fairness. So this is stuff around um, the funding of schools and hospitals, um, trying to make corporations pay their fair share of tax, um, stopping cuts to Medicare, all that sort of stuff. Um, climate and environment. So um, a massive campaign we've got going on there at the moment is around um, trying to stop the Adani mine um, up in Queensland um, and lots of work around renewable energy. And then the last one um, is about democratic integrity. So trying to keep, like keep the bastards in Canberra honest, essentially. Um, so there are the issue areas that we work on. And the way we... Uh, affect change in these areas is we um, we work collectively. So someone like me, I'm a staff member there. So on my marriage equality campaign, I'll um, organise you know hundreds of thousands of people to um, sign petitions or to crowdfund to um, put a TV ad on air or um, you know go out and stick up posters all the, all around their MP's office or email their MP or you know we we take collective action yeah. uh, in the hope of uh, convincing Parliament to um, act for our for our issues and for our values, and a lot of people though as well, like in the media and like different politicians and whatnot, I guess perceive the organisation as a purely left wing organisation. Is that true? I mean, we're, I mean, we're certainly left wing uh, in that we're progressive and we like we value um, economic fairness and environmental sustainability and social justice. Um, so yeah, like the our, our issues and our values are absolutely left wing and progressive. Have you ever worked with any conservative politicians, or the, you know, kind of teamed up with anyone from the side of politics that most people might not think you have? Totally. I mean, right now with the marriage equality campaign, um, there's some people in the Liberal Party, uh, Senator Dean Smith, and then a bunch of backbenchers in the lower house who are driving the campaign for marriage equality in Parliament. They've written the bill um, that we're working closely with them through the Yes campaign. Um, And there's been other issues um, as well. To be honest, we would love to work with, uh, you know, the Conservatives in Parliament a lot more, but that's because we would like them to take action on the progressive issues that we care about. So we're always looking for opportunities where we can back uh, Liberal politicians in to do good things. Fair enough. Well, now, look, moving on to the music again. The next one you got for us is by Oliver Tank. Last, what's, what's it called? This one is it's Last... Last Night I Heard Everything in Slow Motion. That's the one. How old is this song now? Is it... 
Did it, is uh, this one of his recent tracks? No, I think it's about 10 years old. About 10 years old. Maybe. Wow. But I, so I first heard this track, speaking of Get Up, it's the backing track on that viral video from ages ago, maybe about 10 years ago, eight years ago. Um, it's that beautiful marriage equality video where you're oh, following yes, that yeah. guy around and he goes yeah, on the roller coaster. Yeah. That was a great ad. Yeah, thank you. That was you. a very good ad. Thank you. Um, so... That was my first, uh, that was the first time I, I was exposed to Get Up and I watched mm. that video and not only did it speak to me because um, it's a beautiful video and I'm, mm. you know, queer, but also the, the idea of crowdfunding, um, crowdfunding to like get a production company to make a video and then putting that video on TV and forcing, um, you know, forcing action that way was really interesting to me and uh, really inspired me and I became very interested in, in Get Up. Um, and it's also just the most beautiful song, you know, the, the bridge where the violins surge. I love it. Love this song. Bye. 
You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is Sally Rugg from Get Up. Now, look, obviously the major work you've been doing at the moment has been related to the plebiscite. And, you know, it's almost said and done. I mean, next week we'll we'll find out the result of it. I mean, once you we do find out that result, uh, what do you think the kind of, you know, way we perceive it in the future will be? Because it's been so negative for so many people. But if it's a good vote do you think people see it differently i hope that we always remember how damaging it was for lgbti people and how divisive that the postal survey has been for the nation as a whole to split this country in two based on their opinions of a minority was um, barbaric and um stressful and you know, people have, you know, people are sick of it. They want this over. So I, I hope that um, this has been a lesson that we don't have plebiscites on human rights ever again. But having said that, there has been some really beautiful uh, elements of this postal vote. I mean, we, w- when it was announced, it was whacked down as a delaying tactic um, and it was expected that we would lose. Um, you know, there's a lot of barriers to mm. um, this postal survey. Um, but instead, we, the, the nation has got behind this campaign like never before. You know, the, the energy um, around volunteering, around um, posting stuff online, around um, conversations between people in cafes and on street corners and everywhere has been completely unprecedented. Um, and the, the voter turnout has, is completely unprecedented. You know, we, we were hoping for about 60% turnout and it looks like we're going to get a, over 80% turnout, which is... It's quite incredible, really. It's it? incredible. So while I don't think we should ever have a plebiscite or a postal survey ever again, I think um, we, we've shown once and for all that Australians... Uh, when needed, we'll get behind the underdog and we'll take power back from, you know, conservative elite politicians who are trying to stop progress. What are you going to do on the day when we get the announcement? <laughs> um, well, I'll be in Prince Alfred Park uh, for a results event um, during the day and then in the after work, I'll be at Taylor Square. Nice. Having a good old time. Yeah. Having well a deserved. <laughs> now, look, uh, what song are you going to play here in the context of talking about this crazy, bloody plebiscite that we've had to deal with? Um, my next my next pick is Let's Get Married by Jagged Edge, because I think that's what we should all do a week from now. Think about 
where would I be if we were to just fall apart? And I can't stand the thought of losing you. to Out of the Box FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today has been Sally Rugg from Get Up. Now, look, we've talked a lot about marriage equality, but there's a, another issue that's been really at the forefront for Get Up in recent times, and obviously has been all over the news in the last couple of weeks, which has been the evolving saga that is Manus Island. I mean, why do you think the government... You know, which says it supports refugees and says it supports human rights. Um, you know. Sorry, the government the government does not say it supports refugees. It deliberately says that they're tough on refugees because that's the type of racist dog whistling they think. But will get them it votes. is. But it is signed up to, you know, the UN UN refugee conventions. So, but they're breaking that convention every single day. 
but how do they like you know but they protect like for you you sit there and you you say that because you're deeply involved in this but for so many people the way they perceive the government is that they they would think australia not just the government but australia in general supports refugees they are lying but how the do, government how do are they, lying how do they get away with that in your eyes um, well, they're masters at political spin and also they have completely shut down any media access. Um, you, re- I mean, the press conferences have stopped now, but you remember when Peter Dutton was doing weekly press conferences, mm. wouldn't wouldn't give the media any information other than once a week and then would say, oh, we don't, we don't uh, comment on operational matters, we don't comment on operational matters. There's a complete cloud of secrecy surrounding these offshore detention camps. They say they've stopped the boats. We don't know if they've stopped the boats because there's a complete media blackout. Journalists can't get on to Manus and Nauru. They're not allowed to report on the situation. So I think Australians think that the government is compassionate with refugees because they they can't see the truth. What do you think that the government gets out of that in the end of the day? Like, what do you think they'll get out of this situation? The government has spent, uh, you know, since John Howard days, they've spent decades um, telling people that telling Australians that the prob- the reason why um, it's hard to pay their power bill or they haven't got a good job or the reason why their kid's school is, you know, whatever, the, 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 all your problems are because of refugees coming to Australia, which is totally bananas, but they, they have created this environment where people think that refugees are here to, you know, languish on welfare and steal our jobs, mm. which is stunning um so so because of this um this public narrative that's been bolstered over the last few decades and the labor party backed this in as well i mean the labor party reopened manus island um because of that uh the government thinks that there's votes to be won when they're hard on refugees how do you think this situation can be resolved in manus I think we I think we are resolving it. I mean, public opinion of offshore detention camps started high and now it's at a record low. People, you know, the truth is getting out there. People are seeing the crisis on Manus Island and they're demanding that the camps be evacuated. People are, um, you know, meeting refugee, uh, former refugees who are settled in our communities and building new lives for themselves and seeing that they're awesome and, you know, like... a like at most a great addition to the community and at least don't even notice them. <laughs> um, I, I, I do think that public sentiment is really changing. Um, it's awful that I think we reached rock bottom before then and I'm hoping with every fibre of my being that another refugee uh, isn't killed on Manus before they're evacuated. But I do think that we are making progress and that's because of the work of organisations like Get Up, um, like the Human Rights Law Centre, like the Refugee Action Collection, ASRC, all sorts of organisations that are channelling this work. Well, Sally Rugg, it's about all we have time for now. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I do hope that by this time next week, you've got a healthy hangover after celebrating a big win in the <laughs> uh, this unfortunate plebiscite vote. But look, our last song that you, you're going to play for us, what have you got? Um, can we please play Freedom by George Michael? Fair enough. We because, can definitely do that. <laughs> and I mean, that one's, that one's going out for um, the guys on Manus Island and Nauru. Um, and I also... I have loved this song throughout the Postal Survey because it's been played at every single event. I think it's an anthem for um, for justice and for compassion and for celebration and obviously for freedom. 
100%. Well, thank you so much again, Sally. Coming up next is uh, Lunch with my Billick. Big thanks to my producer, Nicole DiPaolo, and uh, I'll be back next week. See ya.